concept nine years ago in female chauvinist pigs, women, and the rise of raunch culture. In a turn that hasn't gotten nearly the attention it demands, the language of contemporary woman has become a cacophony of rage punctuated by curses, especially when progressive-minded women are talking among and about themselves. The interesting question is why? A cynic might say it's just smart branding. After all, sex sells, women talking about sex sells, and even women talking about women talking about sex sells too. Everyone knows that slapping a salacious word into a title will pull more eyeballs to the screen or page. Maybe it's time the objects of exploitation got some of their own back. Why shouldn't enterprising modern women perform some commercial jujitsu exploitation via the promiscuous use of slut and other rough talk to sell their stuff? A play called The Private Parts Monologues would have folded on opening night. Yet, listening in on some of the conversation today suggests an explanation other than simple venality. Something else is up out there making female trash talk all the rage, something unexpected, poignant, and at the same time awful to behold. It's the language of bondage and captivity told by prisoners of the sexual revolution. Understanding as much means first having to listen to some of it, which isn't easy. First, there's the problem of jargon. The Kirkus review of I Am Not a Slut, for instance, clarifies that the term slut has metastasized outward throughout our culture, with girls often reclaiming the term to diffuse it in mutual conversation, and praises the author for optimistically promoting the incremental elimination of societal slut-shaming with education and the self-actualization of young women. Where's Google Translate for academic feminism? Second, when today's woman talk is understandable, its tone is hard to take for a different reason. It is remarkably aggressive and angry. Fifty years ago, Susan Sontag wrote of what she called camp sensibility. This label quickly caught on and signaled an ethos Sontag defined by artifice, stylization, neutrality concerning content, and overall apoliticism. Today's feminism exhibits instead what might be called jailhouse sensibility, a purposefully tough, at times thuggish, filtering of reality that is deliberately stripped of decoration or nicety, snarling, at times animalistic, instantaneous in taking offense, in all, opposed toward life more common in a prison yard than among relatively well-off beneficiaries of higher education. Promiscuity is practically sacramental in this place, it's all hook up all the time, as popular music by self-described feminist artists proves handily. In the aforementioned song Slut Like You, a quintessential anthem of the day, self-described feminist singer Pink mocks the idea of falling in love, adding, I just want to get some, and wham bam thank you ma'am, boo hoo, I'm a slut like you. A 2010 video by singer Ciara, co-starring a mechanical bull, was so untoward that black entertainment television declined to air it. Rihanna, who also professes to be a feminist standard-bearer, can make Miley Cyrus's performance at the 2013 MTV Video Music Awards look like Julie Andrews twirling in the Alps. And on it goes. Many of today's so-called feminist singers can't warble without throwing in a pole dance or an homage to leather. Avril Lavigne, in addition to providing some of the soundtrack of Fifty Shades, has made a sexualized song and video about little girl icon Hello Kitty. 
Kesha, Britney Spears, the defunct Pussycat Dolls, not to mention the queen cougar of them all, Madonna. The trick isn't finding a female vocal artist whose work is enthusiastically pornographic, it's locating any whose isn't. Jailhouse feminism's unique level of anger is not exactly lost on feminists themselves. Why are feminists so angry? asks Jessica Valenti in a recent piece in The Nation. Her answer is that they are tired of fighting for the same things their mothers did. Feminist backlash ensues against any attempt, even the most anodyne, at rollback of the revolution. When the watchdog group Parents Television Council protested raunch at the 2013 VMAs, for example, which to many people might seem like shooting fish in a bucket, it was dutifully attacked by the blogger Amanda Marcotte as a retro and reactionary organization whose entire existence is predicated on using children as a cover story for what they really want, which is an entertainment industry that treats grown adults like we are children.